Before we get to today's episode of Off the Bench on the Wizards Podcast Network, we want to remind you to download the Wizards app on the go and in the palm of your hand. The official Washington Wizards team app is your mobile home for all things Wizards. Everything you need to know when it comes to game previews and recaps, radio broadcasts and stats, all at the touch of a button. You can even access the Monumental Sports Network and the Wizards Podcast Network with ease. Download the official Wizards team app today. What's up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group and part of the Wizards Podcast Network. I'm Jackson Filio with Zach Rosen of Wizards Digital, and we are recording this shortly after game one of the Sixers-Wizards first-round playoff series. All things Wizards playoffs this year are brought to you by Capital One. And Zach, let's start uh, with you kind of setting the scene, man. You were you were in the building today for, for game one. I was not. What was it like to be there? And um, you, know, you can kind of tell on TV just that it, it was pretty close to a, a full building and it, it looked like a real playoff environment. Yeah, I think there are about 10, 11,000 fans there. Uh, they had it set up so that most of the fans were actually in the lower bowl, uh, blocked off sections in the 400. So they kind of strategically took advantage of their um, capacity percentage, which, you know, props to them for whatever they need to do as long as they're doing it safely but it was loud it, it felt like a true playoff environment and, and really felt honestly for the first time I think at a game all year where I felt like we were you know getting as close back to normal as we've been uh, so that was exciting but I think it's it's a huge advantage for the Sixers to have that they're already one of the best home court teams by record and having <laughs> that kind of fan support goes a long way. I mean, anytime Joel Embiid breathes, they seem to go absolutely bonkers. So um, it's good for them, but I thought the wizards kind of hung in there and uh, until one of those last runs on the fourth quarter, it, it, they felt like they were in the game, but that was the thing is they were really on thin ice. You, you can't really let the Sixers open up any kind of big lead, go on more than a 10 0 run or you're going to hear it. And it, it's really just hard to get back into the game. Uh, but the Wizards played really well, I thought, you know, for, for most of the game and some foul trouble and free throw difference and turnovers at the end was kind of the difference. Yeah, no doubt. And so the Sixers win 125-118. Brad scores 33, grabs 10 rebounds. That's his first playoff double-double of his career. Uh, Tobias Harris leads the way with 37 for Philly and Embiid puts up uh, another 30 himself. So, um you know, it's an interesting box score to look at. I, I mean, there's a lot of spots, you mentioned it kind of, where the Wizards shoot, you know, 55% from the field and 40% from three and, you know, score a bunch of points in the paint and, you know, outscore the the Sixers in transition. They do a lot of the things that you might have said they need to do to win. And, you know, there's probably two different ways you can look at that. You can say, you know, okay, great. We, we have a recipe. Um, let's, you know, do what we just did again and eventually it'll crack and, and, that's all we can do. Or you can say, you know, shoot, we did everything right and still can't win. What does that mean for the rest of the series? But then you listen to the guys talk post game and they see plenty of room for improvement. Brad talked a lot about the turnovers um, and, you know, kind of you hinted at it a little bit. You got to keep the Sixers off the free throw line. Coach Brooks talked about that in the days leading into the series, just how important that was going to be. It's not just their size. Joel Embiid is as good as it gets at, at drawing fouls and feeling hands around him and, getting to the free throw line. And he did that. He made 12 of his 13 free throws today and he dealt with his own foul trouble in the early going, but 
um, you know, really came alive in the second half. He's good, man. The guy is, he's strong, he's athletic, he's wide. I mean, he, he's not a, he's not a skinny athlete. He's a, a well-built athlete that, you know, he's, puts his arms out. I mean, he, he's covering a lot of room. So we did our best. We got to be a little bit better. We got to be a little bit better on, on Tobias as well, but those guys put you in some tough positions and it's not like our guys were trying to put them on the line or trying to give them easy points. We were, we were competing. We just came up a little short for the first game. I mean, Tobias Harris's first half performance was remarkable. 28 points of, of his 37 came in the first two quarters. And that's what makes a one seed, man. You know what I mean? That's what, that's what a great team does is when a guy as good as MB is an MVP candidate is in foul trouble in the early going, they can just turn to, you know, their second or third option, whatever you want to consider Tobias Harris offensively. And, and they just keep on moving. The Sixers are good. The Sixers are really, really good. I don't think there was any doubt, but we saw it firsthand here today. And, you know, the wizards, they, they have these little pockets where they can improve based on this game. They pinpointed some of them and, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Game two is going to be super, super important. You know, against any team, 0-2 is tough. But when you're you're going up against a one seed as good as the Sixers, you can't fall behind 0-2. Right. And, and every game is different. Embiid probably will get in foul trouble again. But to mimic tonight, it, it's unlikely uh, for him to pick up two quick ones. He, he's usually pretty good at, you know, defending without fouling and, and all that. Um, but. Tobias seemed to be, you know, the one thing we you probably weren't expecting out of this whole game was him going for 28 in the first half. Um, so the Wizards will need to to really sharpen that up. And, and Rui's going to have to watch some film and, and figure out uh, what he's doing. It seemed like he was a step slow uh, defending him in the pick and roll. And then uh, getting to the rim was really easy for Harris. Um, and then on the other side, offensively, I mean, Beal, was getting to the rim a lot, but he wasn't getting any foul calls. I think he only shot four free throws maybe. So, you know, that, that's one thing, but yeah, you, you talked about it. The offense got stagnant late in the game. The turnovers were, were costly and, you know, they're really five to 10 possessions away from possibly winning the game. So uh, plenty to take from, I, I don't think the adjustments are major by any means. And this is going to be a competitive series. I don't know if that means, it's going seven or the wizards are going to win the series by any means, but I think every game will be competitive and the wizards have shown that outside of, you know, the blowout in the second half against Boston. I mean, every game over the past two months has been competitive. So um, looking forward to game two, you know, we get two more days uh, between now and then, but um, I, I wonder what other adjustments they're, they're considering outside of, you know, really getting in front of Harris, trying to work the, the foul trouble, tinker with that a little bit you saw the rotation was actually smaller than we've seen in the playing games uh no garrison matthews or chandler hutchison uh all three bigs did play uh brad played a lot more than he's played in the regular season because he felt better and you could see it i mean he looked about 95 percent of himself offensively i thought so that's a great sign because uh, they've been either playing without him or a very you know 75 percent or less bradley beal so that's great. Keep healing that hammy. And uh, same with, you know, Neto's had a hamstring issue that I'm sure he's not 100% back from as well. Yeah, and it was interesting to hear Brad talking about the hamstring injury in the days leading up to the game where 
he, he was talking more about learning how to play within the limitations of what he could do. And it wasn't, you know, there was an understanding that he wasn't going to get to hundred percent probably because he was playing through it. And it was about learning what he could and couldn't do. And we saw a lot of that. I thought in the Indiana play in game where you could tell there were moments where he didn't make a play he would normally play or he would normally do. And, and he'd pull back in certain situations, but then, he know, okay, I can still pull off this move and he'd go and, and, and he was fine there, but you're, you're right today. There didn't seem to be any limitations. He was really good. His only real hangout tonight was the turnovers. And it was the same thing for us. And um, that's one of the, I think, primary points of improvement. The wizards will look at going into game two. Um, they had, you know, a bunch of turn. There was 12 turnovers between those two guys. And um, we knew what Philadelphia could do defensively with their length and their size and, you know, having multiple guys that could throw at, Brad and Russ, not stop them. Nobody's going to stop those guys, but just make their life hell. And they did that. You know what I mean? Brad put up his scoring numbers. Russ put up a bunch of assists. And, you know, it, you look at just those columns on the box score and it looks good. But those turnovers are costly, especially in a close game. Those are going to take care of the ball, make better passes, make smarter decisions. I think a lot of those led out to transition threes in which we had to scramble, got guys, mismatch with guys. So uh, our, our Defense is very good on offense. We get up with a shot every time. You know, we love the fact we can get our defense set, but if we're turning the ball over, you know, they're pushing it, you know, and they got guys who can flat out shoot, uh, you know, across the board. So, you know, respectfully so, you know, we got to be a lot better with that and, and taking care of the ball, but uh, understanding that, you know, this is something they do. They're going to fill up, they're going to fill up a statue with threes and they're going to take a lot of them. You know, we talked a lot about the center matchup in this series and bead going against the wizards three center rotation. And, you know, while Joel and beads foul trouble kind of stole the spotlight in the first half, the wizards had some of their own and, you know, Alex Len and Daniel Gafford each picked up two in the first quarter. And I think it would have been really interesting to see what would have happened had uh, Daniel Gafford not picked up those two because he was pretty remarkable. I believe it was plus 11 in the first quarter in just four minutes of action. He caught a couple dunks and, um, had he not gotten into trouble, I think that second quarter Wizards lead might have been able to grow a little bit bigger than it did. So, look, I mean, this, the Wizards are going to have to play a near perfect game to beat the Sixers team. And they didn't do that today. They played really well. They played a good game, but they didn't play perfect. And you got to be really, really close to perfect to beat a one seed here. As we look forward to to game two, Zach, I mean, you know, we mentioned the turnovers. We mentioned keeping them off, off the free throw line. Is there any, is there anything else that the Wizards can, can go to? Cause, uh, or, or is that it? And you focus in on those things and that kind of simplifies it. I think looking at, you know, how many points they're able to, to score in the paint <clears throat> was really good. And now you're probably going to see the Sixers pack the paint even more than they already were, which is hard to believe. I mean, they're just blessed with such good perimeter defenders. Uh, coupled with good rim protectors, but the, the Wizards were able to kind of get to the rim without even having to, to worry about it until the fourth quarter or so. Um, so I wonder maybe if they can open up uh, three-point shooting a bit more. I'd like to see, I mean, Bertans was back uh, to his regular form today and, and he looked really good. Ish Smith looked really good. Uh, but can, we, can you open up the three-point line, get Brad more attempts, get Bertans more attempts, Rui hit two big threes, but can he take a few more? Uh, I think that'll be part of the game plan because the team shot 56% and still got outscored, mainly because of free throws, but also because 
they're not really taking a ton of threes. And I know that hasn't been their DNA during their success, but when you're playing a team like the Sixers, you're going to have to, to score outside of just getting to the rim endlessly. You're going to have to get to the free throw line more. You're going to have to shoot and take more threes. So um, you look at that. And then defensively, I would just say the transition transition defense was really poor during that Sixers run that put them up 11, I think was the most they were up. Um, so just cleaning that stuff up uh, will go a long way. And, and really, we talked about the turnovers, but cut the turnovers between those two guys from 12 to maybe eight or nine. And I think you're still going to be okay and, and work out <laughs> the timing of the turnovers. I mean, whether Russ stepped out of bounds or not here is here or there, but you know, they had timeouts to burn if they needed them. And it was just a bad setup uh, for the team. It, it, it held them back from, from getting a chance, you know, to cut it to, to two or three there. Um, but, you know, that's just how basketball goes. One thing goes one way or the other, and uh, it's, it's all about how you execute down the stretch. So, uh, I still think they, like we've talked about, there was a lot of positives, um, some things they can work on, but, but I don't think anyone's leaving that game being too upset. I think they know what they can do and what they can change. And they've got plenty of time to, to get it in order. And this is their sole focus. You know, the team is staying over in Philadelphia for, I guess now three more nights until game game two. So you've got plenty of time to lock in and, and figure out what you did wrong um, and what you want to fix. Yeah, and for a lot of those guys, it was it was their first playoff experience, and it was in a pretty raucous environment. I mean, Gafford, Rui, uh, Alex Len, all all seeing the court in, in a playoff environment for the first time. And um, you know, obviously, you you would like to have a team with guys that have years and years of playoff experience. But I think I don't think it can be understated how how big a difference there would be just from game one to game two. You know, they know what they're walking into, and they have an idea of how uh, defense has changed and how the environment changes in the building and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see how some of those first year playoff guys step up. But yeah, you mentioned the three-point shooting. I think that's probably um, the main thing that you look at just in terms of things that they can take advantage of, you know, with that, with the size the Sixers have, it's, it's shooting over that essentially. And uh, you mentioned that Davis was four of eight from three. He has a knack for just lighting it up against the Sixers. It'll be interesting to see if that can continue series long, but uh, yeah, I mean, Brad, Brad only took two threes in the second half and he kind of talked about it post game, how, they were just super aggressive with him out on the perimeter. So his adjustment was essentially like, I'm going to get around these guys and go to the rim, which is interesting against a team like Philadelphia, who has somebody as good as Joel Embiid sitting there in the paint, but he made it work, you know, when if they're going to be as aggressive on him as they were, then take one, two hard dribbles, get past whoever your perimeter defender is. And not everybody can do that, but if you're Bradley Beal, you can and get into the paint. So, um, you know, how will, is a, is a really solid three point shooter for this team. He only attempted to all game. So, as great as Davis Berton's three-point shooting was, and it's great to look at the, you know, the box score and see that they shot 40% from three, there's room for way more volume there. Kind of like you mentioned, though, it's against the DNA of this team, but you have to adjust when you're playing a team as unique as Philadelphia is. So it'll be interesting to see. They've got a couple of days off. Um, you know, they mentioned in the days leading up to this game just how different and refreshing it was to be able to have one day be, you know, personnel, one day be recovery or, um, you know, game planning and, and film and stuff like that. So. Uh, they've got time to make these adjustments, but so does Philly. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough series. Philadelphia has every opportunity to make the same adjustments. They they saw that the Wizards can bring it here, uh, and uh, and we'll be back on Wednesday for for game two. Uh, going to be a big one. We all know how difficult it is to bounce back from these series if you fall fall back to the Wizards. Know know the urgency, and I would expect them to respond as such. So 
uh, Wednesday night, 7 p.m., NBA TV and NBC Sports Washington. Uh, we will be back at it. So until then, we are we are checking out from here.